Dra. Welcome to This Could Be Gay, a podcast where we explore all the gay possibilities of pop culture. My name is Anya, I'm your host, and my pronouns are she, her, and this week's guest is Dee. Hey, what's up? Anya, I'm Dee. Uh, my pronouns are she, her as well. Um, I identify as queer, and I'm exceedingly thrilled to be here today. <laughs> awesome. So today we're going to cover... Um, Bend it like Beckham and Frozen 2. Let's get into it. All right. Well, first, before we do, though, I just want to comment on a previous episode because, yes, I am a dedicated fan and <laughs> I did listen to episode one and two and I listened to episode two twice because it was so good. Uh, <laughs> so you should listen to them if you haven't already. But um, I was particularly hyped about episode two, because I'm a huge fan of the oceans, and I do not mean large bodies of water, <laughs> I mean the oceans series, uh, and I just wanted to add, as a shout out to your previous guest, who Alicia. was Alicia, uh, Alicia, I'm totally in agreement with you, uh, and I had one point that I thought deserved to be shared, um, particularly in Oceans 12, I saw there was great chemistry between uh, George Clooney's character and Brad Pitt's character, Rusty and Danny Ocean, as like Matt Damon's gay dad. <laughs> yeah, it was great. They're like parental tag teaming. There's one scene in particular where Matt Damon comes up to Brad Pitt in the airplane and is like nervous and he's like, do you think I could like come along with you guys and Brad Pitt's just like soothing him calming him down he's like yeah 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 I'll talk to Danny I'll talk to Danny and I was just like oh love the family dynamics very precious so that's just my extra two cents and someone brought to my attention uh for the parks and rec portion of that that we should have mentioned um Tom Haverford and Jean Ralphio that we missed a huge opportunity there and I think they were right so Tom Haverford and Jean Ralphio gay as hell Woo! together forever and that's what we'll say about that together forever love it love it love it all right okay. let's get into it now so Today I'm here to talk about Bennett Like Beckham, your favorite 2002 film, uh, which means that it came out like a little under 20 years ago, oh my 19 God. now, I know, terrifying, also means that I was nine years old when it came out, <laughs> uh, but it was such a huge deal to me, um, and so I'm really excited to be able to talk about it today because it's just... That film was the love of my life when I was a child, so I get to share it with y'all today. Uh, movie was written and directed by Gurindir Chadha. Uh, she's an Indian-British director who focuses a lot on just what it means to be a woman growing up in in England uh, as a uh, dealing with like uh, cross-cultural ideology. Um, 
and modernization, super interesting themes, and all of that comes up a lot in Bend It Like Beckham. I sound like I'm reading the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Probably because I took bullet points from the Wikipedia page. <laughs> anyway. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Wikipedia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully that's not plagiarism. I These are, I'm, I'm like paraphrasing though, so I think I'm covered. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, super important movie, especially to me, just because like I hadn't really seen South Asian characters being represented uh, very much in media at that time. Um, and as someone who myself is Southeast Asian, um, it's just it was really important to me, and it was some like extremely early examples of AAPI representation. Um, I could also really relate to the family dynamics and struggles of like trying to figure out what's up with you, what's up with your family and how to reconcile those things and very early representation of LGBTQ plus. I feel like I'm talking a lot before I tell you what the movie is actually about though, which is something I'm supposed to do, right? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So what's the movie about? Uh, the movie is about a character named Jess Bamra. She's 18 and she's got really caring parents who have high expectations for her. Uh, they want her to go to law school. Uh, but the thing is, she loves soccer, and that's what she wants to do. Uh, but those ideals, like, clash with modern, or with then-modern ideas of, like, what a woman is supposed to do, what an Indian woman is supposed to do. Um, just lots of internal dilemmas uh, and external dilemmas going on. Uh, so one day Jess Bamra is playing in the park. Uh, Jess is played by Parmendir Nagra and uh, she is caught or spotted uh, by Jules who is just like casually, I think she's like jogging and Jules is played by Karen Knightley and yo, Jules straight up just like watches her play soccer with like heart eye emojis <laughs> for like, I don't know what feels like 30 minutes. And she's just like, yo, I think she even watches her twice playing in the park. And she's just like, oh, like the gaze, you know, <laughs> and you can interpret the word gaze in more than one way, you know, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, she sees her in the park, decides to recruit her for uh, they're all girls, or all women, uh, British soccer team. They become best pals until, bum, 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 uh, both of them develop feelings for their soccer coach, Joe. Supposedly, I mean. And also, yeah, that's gross to me. I know. The power dynamics no, there. No, 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 no. Problematic. I mean, I think he is in their age group. Unclear what his actual age is, but... You get the sense they're not like, they're 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 in the same generation, but still yeah. power dynamics, like you said. It's like yeah, weird teacher student stuff going on. Yeah, I no, don't like that. No, no. But anyways, uh, it all comes like the love triangle situation all comes to a head when they're all out in Germany, I believe, at a disco dancing, and also Kira Knightley is wearing this like upside down triangle like handkerchief top that's like shimmery and it's made of gorgeous. metal yeah 
I was I remember as a kid being like wow where can I buy that okay uh, but yeah they're dancing all three of them in a like a triangle on the dance floor very metaphorical uh, <laughs> and they're actually as it happens dancing to I turn to you by Melanie C who is also known as Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls and is also a gay icon just saying. <laughs> uh, so they're all dancing to that. It's getting hot. And then uh, I think Jess is like, oh my God, this is too much heat for me. The smoke, the steam coming from this triangle situation. She goes outside. Joe follows her. Uh, he ends up kissing her, which also not cool because I'm pretty sure she was tipsy. Yep. Uh, maybe more than tipsy. And then Kira Knightley comes out, sees this. And is just like so 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 upset. Uh, I think she says, "You bitch." I think that's the line she delivers. Uh, we, as the audience, are supposed to believe she's upset because Jess kissed Joe. But I, I believe she's upset because Joe kissed Jess. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. Yeah. So, anyway. By the end of the film, it all eventually works out, the details of which you can find out for yourself if you watch the movie. Uh, they win the championship, I think, the soccer game? I don't know. Maybe they don't. I don't know. They, they play beautifully. That's what matters. Uh, eventually, they're able to, like, get both of their families on board with them being amazing badass athletes. And they get scouted by an American university to play on scholarship abroad together together uh-huh very important detail was planning to, i mean in my mind the movie ends and jess is like yeah long distance relationship with you joe but like as far as i can recall jess and jules walk away into the airplane like holding hands so i'm like <laughs> we all know what happens when they actually go abroad i'm just saying okay you know they figure Mom. out their feelings for each other. That should have been Bend It Like Beckham too. Is her dumping Joe and then falling for Jules. Actually, you know what? On that note, there are there is information on the internet about that. Kara Knightley has been quoted saying that she would absolutely be down for a Bend It Like Beckham sequel that is gay as hell. Ooh. I know. And even the director, Chadha, said, well, it's tricky. She said she's down to make Jules character lesbian but did not comment specifically on Jess's character gotcha fascinating so I'm not you know we can, I can't parse out the details of that because I simply do not know but interesting nonetheless absolutely yeah there's even some theories some like rumors spreading different people have said including some of the director's close friends that the characters were originally intended to be gay but that there was some interference from studios and whatnot who knows but that's all that's just hot goss <laughs> yeah anyway why i think this could be gay um well first of all as a kid it definitely tapped into my baby queer desires i was just like whoa two amazing women who have this uh, incredible on-screen chemistry just recently learned the phrase OTP, one true pairing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's my OTP, obviously. Thanks, Vice, for teaching me about that. <laughs> uh, 
Also, another reason I thought that they could definitely be gay, but not necessarily, um, is just in general throughout the film, uh, they so strongly show a rejection and a rebellion against the gender binary. Um, mm -hmm. There's like some scenes where uh, Jules's mom is like trying to get her to wear like a, a push-up bra that's very uncomfortable, <laughs> but also hilarious, <laughs> at least in my memory. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. But um, also like just like short hair, uh, sporty clothing, uh, just like as a kid who identified as a tomboy, I don't know if we're still using that term today, but uh, it meant a lot to me to see women comfortable representing themselves in less defined gender roles. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was really cool. Uh, another big point, just in general throughout the entire film, anytime that somebody, a family member or anyone, uh, asks Jess in particular, like, so what's up? Why aren't you getting married? Also, same thing with Jules. Both of them, uh, why aren't you dating or, as they say in the film, shagging? Which took me a while to figure out. I was like, what is shagging? As a kid, I was like, what does that mean? Uh, anyway, I figured it out eventually. Context clues. Uh, but yeah, like, literally, you will see their face, like, gag. Like, they're like, Ugh! <laughs> dating a boy gross they suck uh, <laughs> um <clears throat> also really really important one of the biggest points i think is they are the only two characters who are not anti-gay who mm -hmm. clearly uh stand against homophobia Mm -hmm. I mean, and the way, the language they use is not as strong as I would want it to be. Um, but I think it was still extremely bold for its time. Mm -hmm. Definitely hadn't seen these topics discussed in any other major, uh, is it PG or PG-13? I'm not sure. Uh, films uh, during this era, during the early 2000s. But it was definitely my first exposure to like terms like lesbian and gay in the first place because there um, was that scene yes okay we're gonna talk yeah about yeah that. yeah yeah thank you um so there's one really important scene uh where jess's uh male best friend tony um comes out as gay he i remember he's like he's like yeah i love beck i love beckham and jess is like yeah everybody loves beckham and he's like no <laughs> I love Beckham. <laughs> and she's like, oh. And then I remember what she says is like, but you're Indian. And like, what's your mom going to say? And like, those are some, again, some of those same themes of like uh, cultural clash coming up. But um, Jess ultimately like accepts him, loves him, and like is like promises to like respect uh, his desire to keep that information private. Mm -hmm. um, later on, they like, almost sign up to become each other's beards yep he like offers to marry her just so that like they can both live their best lives and like not have their parents all up in their business right thankfully they don't do that though but uh important to note i think um and then jules's character after her mom uses the term lesbian as a slur 
I remember there was a particular line where, she, like, the mom is really angry, and she says, like, get your lesbian feet out of my shoes. Um, so that scene is actually more nuanced than that. So Yeah. So that scene is, um, there's, like, a championship game, mm-hmm. and the main character is supposed to be at her, like, cousin's wedding. Uh, but the championship is happening at the same time. So she goes to the wedding. She's super bummed, wants to be at the championship, but her dad is, like, seeing her be so bummed, is like, fine, go, but you have to come back right after, and you have to be here by this point of the wedding. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. And, like, her um, soccer teammates come and pick her up, and they go. And then when they come back... um. Jules's mom thinks that they're together, like thinks that they're lesbians together, and that's why she freaks out on Jules. Yeah, that's a whole side plot I haven't even gotten into, and I almost forgot about. It, so thankfully, you came in and saved the day there. But yeah, the not only me as an audience member thinks that they could be gay, but also <laughs> Jules's mom yeah, also thinks they could be gay because of the the chemistry that they have. Yeah, and they're like frequently seen on screen like holding hands and like having nice long emotional hugs and whatnot but anyways yeah mom uses that term as a slur not cool but Jules on the drive home is like hey like that was not cool um her actual sentence she says is being like besides being lesbian isn't that big a deal um which again today I would have wanted her to come on much stronger. Absolutely. Um, But I feel like that was strong for the time. It was. Yeah. It was. And I think there's even a conversation about George Michael at some point, (laughs) like, still being amazing even after he came out. I think that's between the mom and the dad of Jules. But anyways, it's just... The movie has so much going on in it. Um... The Times of India says that the movie is about bending rules and social paradigms. Um, And I love it for that reason. Um, Just so much, so many scenes of female empowerment and just like stories of immigration being first generation, um, even having a gay character. Um, So all of those things are definitely exciting. But I just would have loved to see it bend those social paradigms a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, There's a scene where Jewel says, like, just because I wear trackies and play sports does not mean I'm a lesbian. And she's right. Right. We don't need to be holding folks to those stereotypes. However, also doesn't mean you're not a lesbian. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Or bisexual or whatever, you know? But definitely some gay possibilities there. And... Who knows? Maybe the sequel will come out one day. If not, I'll just choose in my heart to believe that when they were getting on that airplane abroad, that was the beginning of their gay love story. Yeah, their life together. I love it. Yes. (laughs) All right. That's what I have to say about that. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Frozen 2. Yes. Which is about the sisters uh, Elsa and Anna, just like the first movie, but this one focuses more on Elsa, which is the older sister and the Queen of Arendelle, which is the kingdom that they live in. Yes. And uh, in this movie, she is basically 
kind of trying to come to terms with her powers and her role as Queen of Arendelle. And there's this mystical forest that's nearby that's covered by this mist. And when people go in it, they don't come back. Mm. And so the movie is about kind of figuring out why the mist is there and trying to resolve the mist and so on and so forth. There's a neighboring tribe called, let's see, I've got it in my notes, the North Thuldra tribe. Hmm. And they are a tribe that lives, I'm assuming, north yeah. of Arendelle. <laughs> nice uh, detective work there. <laughs> yep. And so when Elsa goes to like investigate this forest, she finds uh, that the Northolda people are in conflict with her soldiers. And she didn't know about this conflict until she, she sees it firsthand. Um, and basically they had built this, I'm just giving you a, a kind of synopsis of the movie. They built this uh, dam before she became queen a while back that they were told propaganda wise that it was to save their kingdom. If the dam didn't mm. exist, then they would be flooded and that they would all die essentially. But it turns out that a previous king who was super racist, huh. um, <laughs> right, uh, built the dam to cut off the resources to the tribe so that they would die and that he could take over their land. And so the conflict really began when that previous king killed the Northuldra leader uh-huh. in cold blood. Just murdered him. God, I wish this didn't sound as familiar as it does. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, exactly. So basically, um, Elsa figures this out over the course of the movie and tries to correct it by, you know, breaking the dam and diverting the water away from her kingdom and back to the Northuldra people. Um, and they, you know come to terms with each other at that point but part of uh her being able to break the dam and everything is being uh more comfortable with her own powers Hmm. and so at the very beginning of the movie there she hears these like noises it kind of sounds like voices or someone singing and so she sings this song um that says uh every inch of me is trembling but not from the cold. Something is familiar like a dream I can reach but not quite hold. I can sense you there like a friend I've always known. I'm arriving, and it feels like I am home. So, yeah, she's going through something. Uh And if you ask me, she is feeling gay feelings. A little bit of a sexual awakening. Trembling? Yeah, a little bit of a sexual awakening. Um, and it says, I have always been a fortress, cold secrets deep inside. So she's always hidden who she is. Um, but you don't have to hide. Show yourself. I'm dying to meet you. So she's talking to this voice that she's hearing. But, you know, that could be her talking to this part of herself that is queer as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's been suppressing. Um, it's your turn. Are you the one I've been looking for all my life? Show yourself. I'm ready to learn. So she's open to this part of herself that she's been closed off to previously. Um, I've never felt so certain in all my life. I've been torn, but I'm here for a reason. Could it be the reason I was born? So she is, yeah, coming to terms with all this. Um, and she's ready to kind of take on this new portion of her life. So she goes through the mist and uh, she finds this cave, mm. which is straight up shaped like a vagina, like the opening to this cave is straight up shaped like a vagina that she goes through (laughs) and then inside this ice cave reflected on all the walls are the fucking bi colors (laughs) 
I'm not joking. Like, it's that explicitly, like, by as hell. And so she walks into this cave and she's singing this song. I can hear you, but I won't. Some look for trouble while others don't. There's a thousand reasons I should go about my day and ignore your whispers, which I wish would go away. So she's coming into this part of herself, but she's scared. Uh, You're not a voice. You're just a ringing in my ear. And if I heard you, which I don't, I'm spoken for, I fear. Everyone I've ever loved is here within these walls. I'm sorry, secret siren. Mm. Siren is traditionally a woman, but I'm blocking out your calls. I've had my adventure. I don't need something new. I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown. So she's at this turning point in her life. She can, she's open, but she can choose to repress it further or she can choose to accept herself, right? That's how this reads to me. Like she can choose to accept this part of herself that is queer or she can continue repressing it. And so over the course of the song, she kind of gets more into this idea it says what do you want because you've been keeping me awake are you here to distract me so I make a big mistake or are you someone out there who's a little bit like me who knows deep down I'm not where I'm meant to be Hmm. every day is a little harder as I feel my power grow don't you know there's a part of me that longs to go into the unknown so now she's admitting to herself that she wants that that that's something that she does want um, and also in the scene in the movie, she's talking to her mother. And so she's searching for acceptance from her mother, I think. Um, it says, are you out there? Do you know me? Can you feel me? Can you show me? Where are you going? Don't leave me alone. How do I follow you into the unknown? I mean. Yeah. So queer as hell, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, and there is this gal that she is has been working with from the Northolder tribe who is named Honey Marin, and she is an indigenous woman uh, from that tribe who wants to bring peace to the enchanted forest, and so she's working with Elsa. Um, but yeah, they're together in my in my version of events. <laughs> what was it you said that I I said after the movie? <laughs> yeah, you sent me a message and you were like, "Be the Honey Marin to my Elsa." <laughs> Because while watching this movie in theaters, I kept leaning over to Dee and I was like, oh my god, this is so gay. Do you see the vagina cave? Do you see the bicolors? I'm telling you, we were the only people in that theater that day. I, I'm like fairly certain. And yeah, that your commentary while watching the movie just made it so excellent. <laughs> best, best way I could have experienced that film, hands down. But anyways... <laughs> So yeah, that's what I think. I think that Elsa went through this journey in Frozen 2 where she was kind of open to, you know, where her heart was leading her, but she was scared and she was scared of like what her family would think of her and those expectations as a queen of a kingdom. And then, you know, she goes on this journey of self-discovery and just comes to terms with who she is and that's queer as fuck. Definitely. It's just so interesting because I remember... Even in the first film, a lot of people from the LGBTQ plus community commenting on Elsa's character and speculating perhaps that she was somewhere on the spectrum, like let it go from the first film being like, let your, let your, your queerness out, you know, let it, let it, let it all shine. Well, and they don't force a husband on her. Right. She is a queen by herself. She doesn't have a king. She doesn't have a... A boy in her, a man in her life at all. Fascinating. It's definitely 
interesting. And I feel like Disney in general has been recently flirting a whole lot with the idea of potentially gay characters. Just so many different movies. Like, we watched Luca recently. Right. And there's some young boy friendships that were suspect, if you ask me. <laughs> Lots of potential there. Uh, I know people have seen Ryan the Last Dragon and commented on that. And uh, lots of other films. I know, like, the, the character from Beauty and the Beast, like, Gaston's right-hand man was, like, supposedly the first gay, uh, officially gay Disney character. But, yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of factors at play, uh, geopolitical factors at play, as mm-hmm. to why Disney, like, doesn't want its characters to be openly gay. Um, just, like, probably trying to appeal to, like, the more conservative domestic and international audiences. Because they want their money. But right, it would mean a lot to me to see a bi or anywhere on the spectrum Disney princess. Yeah, that'd be sick as hell. Yeah, it'd mean a lot to a lot of people. It would mean a lot to so many. And I feel like, uh, I say this over and over again, but just having, especially like a Disney fucking princess, yeah. be openly queer in some or way. Or a Disney queen. Yeah, a I Disney mean, queen, exactly. Be openly queer, like that would have been wow. transformative for yeah. me as a kid. Definitely, definitely. And it could be transformative for so many kids out there. 1,000%. I mean, and I kind of circling back to Bennett like Beckham, I felt the same way about just having South Asian representation mm-hmm. or AAPI representation of queerness as well. It would have meant a whole lot to me as a kid, too. And today. Yeah. <sighs> every time I hear your podcast, every time I talk to you, I'm just reminded so emphatically that representation matters absolutely <sighs> it's been a pleasure on you <laughs> it has been so this has been this could be gay uh again i'm anya you can find me on instagram at anya monique and you can find the podcast on instagram at this could be gay and then yeah you can plug yourself if you want to or you can be like don't look for me yeah yeah i'm d i was actually gonna say that and don't look for me <laughs> I'm just living my best life, but I hope you look for yourself and just, you know, go into the cave if it entices you, you know, get out there, show yourself. Okay. All right. (laughs) Oh my God.